Like, does the whole city have to shut down because there's two inches of snow? It's not even It's not even the snow. It's like people just don't know how to drive. Get a little dust and suddenly people forget the rules of the road. Am I right? Like, this is literally nothing. I walked to school one time in 16 inches of snow in sandals. What the hell is that? This is the Stone on Air podcast. The most downloaded podcast in the city of Chattanooga. I'm so happy I could die. I've been a supporter for the South Side, certainly the Finley Stadium property and everything that surrounds it since the damn thing was built in 1997. It's nice to see all you Johnny come lately thinking this is cool now. Stoneonair.com. Yeah, just kill me now. Welcome in, everybody. How in the hell are you? Cold enough out there for you? <laughs> Jesus. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. Cold, uh, wet, snow, ice, man, it sucks, it sucks, it sucks. Even at its best, it absolutely sucks. I hate everything about the winter. I hope I wasn't unclear. Welcome into the Stone On Air podcast. My name is Brian. It is the 17th of January. I want to thank Lee Brock on board uh, with financial support into the new year. 653-25, excuse me, 653-2491, 653 653- 2491 Lee at lindabrockhomes.com. More on that as the show goes along. Thank you, Lee. Um, let's see. Well, a very interesting week because I haven't barely worked yet this week. Uh, this is an all time first. Certainly in this century, the beer business has stopped in its tracks because. Of the weather, and that never happens. I mean, it was almost like this, I don't know, it was just like righteous nature of this industry. Uh, What is it that the post office says? Neither sleet nor snow nor death or fiery brimstone, whatever they say. It was almost the same kind of thing. It's we do not stop rolling beer for anything. We always hit the roads no matter what. And over the course of the first decade and a half that I was in the industry, I can I, I, I only need a couple of fingers to remember how many times we had a day off in the middle of the week because of weather. And I want to say it was about two. And since the restructuring and the buyout from the Knoxville-based company, it's been a couple of more cents and, and, and shipping logistics has a lot to do with that. Well, Knoxville got hammered way worse than we did, and that has halted everything. So I worked for three hours on Monday. This is Tuesday in the middle of the afternoon that I'm recording. Not record night, record day, which is beautiful because I have a whole evening left ahead of me. And uh, so not working today, and I'm not working on the day you're hearing this on January 17th on a Wednesday either. So I will be then back to work on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. So I'm kind of discombobulated, you know, the inner clock is a little off, but that's fine. I'm uh, very, very happy to have a couple of days to just sit in the house and do nothing. Sometimes it's my favorite thing to do, and I'm actually not doing nothing. I'm playing a ton of catch-up, and I'm making a lot of progress, as a matter of fact. Now, that open you just heard, I threw that together a couple hours ago. That's not the official new opening uh, open of the show going forward. It was just what I did literally about two hours ago. So let's take a look. I'll unload or uh, I'll uh, un- lay out the show for you. 
it's kind of like Fraser Avenue and Chattanooga Lookouts funding all the time around here on this show. Seems like the last couple of months. And there's going to be more of that today. In the second segment of the show, um, a lot of new numbers with the redevelopment on the South Broad. The Lookout Stadium be the catalyst of that. If you're paying attention at all, you already know that. If you listen to the show regularly, then you know more than most people. And I'll give you all the latest in the second segment of the show. In the final segment of the show, the things that I have been wanting to tell you a little bit more about, a few ideas and directions of some complimentary pieces to this podcast, I will get, I'm closer to having an understanding of what that is going to be. So that'll be the third segment of the show. If we run long here in the open, I'll go short in the final because I'm not going to need my normal balancing clock. I don't think we'll find out together as things unfold. Returning this week for not a one time only, I'll do it occasionally, the Stones Throw segment. And it is my it is basically for years. It was an annual bit rant ish kind of thing and I'll do that here in about 10 minutes or so from right now and that'll uh, take place instead of any uh, additional just uh, throwaway audio pieces that I don't have any for you today so that is what is coming up let's get things going shall we so on the 19th Friday JJ's Bohemia my band or the band that I'm in that I was in for years, a decade and a half ago. Uh, the band is called Zanteddy. We are playing a show Friday night at JJ's. That is going to be my final show for some time with the guys. We're a five-piece. We have three guitars. We don't need three guitars. We like having three guitars, but we don't need three guitars. They're going to continue on, very likely, I hope. I'm their biggest fans. I'm the biggest cheerleader, and I will push and promote anything that they do but because this year I have now decided that this is a money-making year for me everything I do is going to be with the intentions on it of it being profitable the supposed for-profit podcast is now the somewhat for-profit podcast and I have a couple other things that have to do with the lookouts and have to do with some other organizations in town that might be some small money making opportunities. Nothing's beneath me anymore. Once upon a time, not that long ago, there were certain jobs that I just wasn't going to do that. Well, that's beneath me. I'm bigger than that. No, 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 no. It's not me anymore. Just had a $6,000 issue with the electrical here. I've got another $5,000 exterior project. I'm about to give the thumbs up to speaking of figuring out how to pay for things. And uh, then I'm only about 50,000 shy from being about almost to where I need to be. And I'm really not even being hyperbolic or exaggerating. So it is time to make more money in 2024. And those opportunities have been sitting there waiting for me. And uh, playing music in a band ain't the way to make music. Ask the best in this city. Ask the most prolific in this city if that decision in their life was the best that they made for their financial well-being. And if they're being honest, which all the ones I know generally are, they'll tell you, not really. No, <laughs> this is not a money-making venture. Some For some it is, some not as much, and most not at all. 
So that is something that I'm going to have to take a step back from. It's not an ever again. It's it's not a final time ever on Friday night, the 19th of JJ's, but it is a last time for a long time. And it was a very difficult decision. I went back and forth on this for a couple of months towards the end of the year. And it just, it made the most sense. And everybody knows we're all on board. We're all good friends. We're all professionals. And it should be fun. I hope to have a few people out there. So if this podcast gets one or two extra people out of JJ's on Friday, that is a great thing. $10 cover. No, I won't put your name on the list. Uh, Let's see. Speaking of the list, I've got the list coming up with the bread and milk fallacy. Uh, Let's just jump right into this because I'm already moving quickly today. So the road rage incident on Frazier back at the end of November, right at right at Thanksgiving, if memory, uh, my memory is correct. It was two cars that were involved. There was a one guy from Florida who lost control of his car, hit the lady and her infant and killed them and then created this um, just mass. Uh, frustration, anger uh, about the way some of our communities are laid out with speed limits and roads and walkable and all the all the stuff. You bet if you've been here, you know, and if you're even on your periphery, you'll you've seen it. Well, if there's a road rage in- incident, usually that involves two people, and I haven't thought about it for a second. Who was the other person, and are they culpable for anything? Well, Chattanooga doctor was a parent in road rage incident prior to fatal Fraser Avenue wreck is the headline from the Chattanooga from just a couple of days ago. Chattanooga physician was involved in this road rage incident that killed the two pedestrians. Police said Dr. Patrick McGinty, an internal medical specialist, has not been charged, but the investigation is continuing. Analysis of video from nearby buildings and the two vehicles traveling at 55 to 59 miles per hour in a 30 miles per hour zone where the officer said there were, quote unquote, hundreds of people on the sidewalks. So um, is that guy, is, is, is he in any trouble? I would say probably should be. I'm not sure what it is. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a police officer. I'm not in you know law, law enforcement or you know courts of law or anything like that, but... Kind of seems like it takes two to tango on that mess. Now, I'm not saying he should be involuntary manslaughter or murder or anything like that, but certainly seems like this guy should be liable for something. And speaking of which, the North uh, the North Shore Collective, a group representing businesses in the Fraser Avenue area on Chattanooga's North Shore, this is from the Times Free Press, is set to meet today, the 17th, about the temporary traffic pattern the city had in place over the past several weeks. I, side note here, don't think that that temporary traffic pattern probably did much of anything and helped really any kind of data collection. I think all you really need to know is shrinking lanes and shrinking um, speed limits is really your best bet there with some redesign and um, some refurbishing of an area that you really do want a lot of pedestrians. Back to this from uh, Catherine Daniels, president of the North Shore Collective. She says they have not determined what a permanent traffic pattern should be. Quote from Ms. Daniels, that's the million-dollar question. More than anything, we just want people to slow down and be aware of their surroundings. And that is where you get the old redneck southern saying, 
you know what in one hand and wish in the other and see which one fills up quicker. Something's going to have to be done. People aren't going to slow down just because you want them to. And likely not just because a sign tells them to, but that's at least a good start. Uh, let's see. Uh, thousands of parking citations remain unpaid. This seems to be a headline virtually every year. More than 15,000 citations from 2023 of on-street spaces uh, overstaying their parking meter or not paying at all equals about $200,000 in outstanding revenue for the Chattanooga Parking Authority. If motorists have paid, or excuse me, if motorists have three unpaid parking citations, Carta can boot their car and be towed or be towed per city code. Carta may even consider using a collection service. Hey, you think, Carta, you think it would be a good idea to have a collection service to handle this for you? Yes, because everybody in this city has realized that if you send them something in the mail that says you owe us for a parking ticket, you know what we do? We do this with it. And we file it in the filing cabinet, a.k.a. garbage can for the idiots that don't know how to recycle or the recycle bin for idiots like me who do. Uh, Georgia, once again, trying to get sports gambling through. I don't understand the state of Georgia. Sometimes they make so much sense. It is such a very profitable state. They have very high surpluses. They have lots of money. They have lots of taxes, too, that create this revenue and this surplus of money. But for some reason, they are so late to everything. Um, For years, the beer business in Tennessee, in East Ridge specifically, did so well on Sundays. It was like the biggest selling day of the week. Why? Because most of North Georgia was dry all the way across the board for you know, however long, 100 years since Prohibition. And then those county by county started dropping off and changing their own laws. And then eventually, through the state legislature, they finally said, this is nonsense. And then they changed. Basically, now they've gotten rid of all that. You can get alcohol whenever, wherever, however, most everywhere on Sundays in Georgia. But that is new, relatively new. Well, this sports gambling thing, they've been trying to push through every session for several years now. And Tennessee, clearly, you know, we've been doing this for a couple of years now and making bukus of cash all across the country. This is happening. Also, a bunch of addicts and turning a, a, a bunch of malcontent and degenerates even worse. It's just a sidebar by me. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not mad about it. Gamble if you want. But let's not act like it's not dangerous because it is. But still, it's profitable. And if it makes money, I say do it. I am a capitalist at, at heart. I'm a bleeding heart liberal capitalist that likes to take care of the poor, sick, and needy, too. I think it all can be done. I don't think it can. I know it can. Anyway, sorry about that. Back to this. This is from the Chattanooga Times Free Press. The Senate Regulated Industries Committee voted 8-4 to four to advance Senate Bill 172, which would legalize and regulate the tax sports betting in Georgia, sent into the full Senate for more debate. But the measure requires a state constitutional amendment to take effect that needs two-thirds of both the House and the Senate before it could go to voters for approval in a statewide referendum. Now, to shorten this up and tell it and just be simplify it is when Georgia was actually early in the South to the state lottery. That was in 1992. 
Well, a lot of things have changed in in technology since then and the way bills and laws are written that that was such a archaic bill that to that most are arguing that this doesn't fall underneath that statute or whatever you would call it that that legislation it would need its own separate amendment to the state constitution in order to do that and there's some back and forth on whether that's necessary or not i'm not i i don't care about georgia enough to spend much time on this show about it but whatever the case is look around you numbnuts georgia Look how much money everybody's making off of this. And look how much money you already have. And look how much more money you could have if you would just let this go through. And before I get to the Stone's Throw segment for today's show, music streams hit $4 trillion in 2023. The global music industry surpassed $4 trillion, a new single record. Uh, if this is not more indication that rock and roll is dead, Stateside, genres that saw the biggest growth, rap, country, Latin, and world music, all in 20-plus percent jumps over the last couple of years. Not a single word of rock and roll being streamed more. Now, I'm sure it is being streamed more, but it's still another example of rock and roll is dead. Rock is dead, and it sucks. It hurts. It hurts my soul. To say that out loud. I used to do it every week on the radio show years and years and years and years ago. It is the Stone's Throw segment. Heads up. It's Stone's Throw. What? What? Oh, whoa. Back up the truck. Beep, beep. What are you talking about? Is technology making us mentally ill? Look at me. I'm stupid. I can't do math. This is not making sense to the young adult anymore, and they're tired of it. Does that satisfy you? Are you satisfied now? Okay, so this is a little bit of a repetitive kind of thing. But I'm going to try to make it a little different spin if you've been around all these years. And thank you so much if you have. If you're somewhat new to the show, then maybe you've never heard this before. But this started probably about 20 years ago and really started to stick as an annual thing that I would do on the Village Idiots show on Talk Radio 102.3 about 10, 11, 12 years ago. Then that show changed names to the nth degree when uh, a shuffle changing, uh, death and all these, I won't go back and explain all that, but then it turned into the same hour, just different name, and I was a part of that show too, and then it continued, the yearly, the milk and bread fallacy as I would call it, and then it kind of did turn into a, hey man, once you get some new material, and I'm kind of the king of telling people, hey, I've heard you say that a thousand times, won't you, uh, you know, come up with something a little creative once in a while? And I kind of felt like, hey, dude, you know, you're doing exactly what you are continuously getting on other people for doing. So maybe you should stop doing. Well, in this case, I decided to go back to it. It's not a bit. I guess it's a rant. I don't know. But what it really comes down to is this this idiotic social media explosion in the South about people going to grocery stores and their stories about the devouring of milk and bread and how people think that's so goddamn funny. And it's not even kind of funny. First of all, let's just, let's just start here. If the joke had merit, 
right? The it's funny because it's true thing, then okay, fine. It's a joke that's funny, haha, because it's true, but we've been doing it now for 20 years. Can we please stop and get a new joke? The problem here is, or the biggest problem of one of the many problems is, is that the joke doesn't have any merit. And it doesn't actually happen, the hoarding of any supplies. And so, therefore, the joke isn't funny because it's true. The joke is just not funny. And really, in the end, oftentimes, this is dangerous. It was 8 degrees this morning. It's probably 15 degrees right now as you listen to this show. This is dangerous stuff we're dealing with here. We don't overreact in the South to this kind of weather. We react appropriately. What you should do, the smart thing to do when you go or when you go into a bad weather situation in the South is to get yourself prepared to not leave the house for days. That would be what you should do. As a matter of fact, this is the perfect example. This past weekend on Sunday, I went to Food City twice, not once, two times. That's how not big of a deal it was, first of all, to go. Was it busy? Of course it was busy. But then you see all over socials how people are just losing their shit over how many people are at their grocery store. They can't believe it. Their mind's blown. And they're making all these stupid jokes about it. It wasn't that bad, at least not in my experience on Sunday. Well, guess what happened, bros? I'm now not stuck, not literally stuck, But it is in everybody's best interest that I sit right here at this house for Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, and then don't go back into regular life until things are on its way to thawing and getting less dangerous and safer on the streets. That's what all this stuff on Frazier is about. That's what this John John guy does. All he does is talk about the safety of pedestrians and the safety of our citizens. Well, the safety of us is best if we stay in. And how many of us have everything we need all the time? I'll give you a second to think about that. The answer is none of us. None of us have everything we want all the time. We're all one day away from needing to go to the grocery store. If you didn't just get back from the grocery store a couple of hours ago or maybe last night, you need to go to the grocery store. And even if you did just get back from the store... You probably forgot something, and you don't have everything you want. None people, nobody, nobody who exists goes to the store and purchases items because they're afraid for their lives. That's where they do, oh, I'm so scared. You're not going to die. It's not scary. Everything's going to be fine. Shut up, bro. That's not what this is about. That's not what this is about. This is about not being part of the problem. This is about not going to the store when it's eight degrees and there's black ice all over the roads because you don't have coffee or because you don't have milk or because you don't have cheese or sour cream or maybe even bread. And then, of course, it always turns into the memes are everywhere and the jokes are heaviest on the milk and bread nonsense. And so this whole thing has gone from me just being mad about people being silly and nonsensical it is the list and my wrestling watching friends will enjoy this you have made the list you just made the list anybody who engages in this nonsense has you just made the list made the list 
anybody who posts memes or posts stories or pictures or wherever from TikTok to Twitter to Facebook to Instagram. You just made the list. It is the list of the listless. The list of the creative list. The list of the uninspiring. The list of the boring. The list of the listless. You just made the list. Enough already. Quit it. Stop doing it. Encourage your friends to not do it. Don't like people's posts when they put something stupid out there. And I'll do this is the information I give every time. I'm not trying to be funny now. I'm just trying to be semi informative. In the vending world of grocery stores, most of them have to be merchandised or stocked by the distributors. Those are deals going in, made. Grocery store business is big, convoluted business, all right? So there's a lot of vendors in every single day. But do you know who is there the most? The vendors that are at the grocery stores the most. Who do you think they are? I'll give you a second or two to think about it. Dun, 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 dun. Who do you think it is? Yes, it's the bread and the milk guy. Why? Because the stuff is perishable, very perishable, and they don't have back stock. And when it's gone, it's gone. Nobody buys bread and milk, and that's it. Nobody, not a single person in the history of our lives has ever done this. And somehow we have to go through this ridiculousness. It is now. You just made the made the official list of the list list. The people who do not go to the store and get the things that they need, whatever that might be, before bad weather gets here, well, those people... You just made the list! Just made the list. And that is all I've got for today on the Stones Throw Segment. This lookout stadium, the revitalization of South Broad District, the toxic nature of the of the site of the Wheeland Foundry and the brownfield that it is and the money it's going to cost to do all this and the infighting with the local politicians. <sighs> well, put on your seatbelt is just starting to get bad and it's already been pretty bad. I'll get to the latest on that coming up next. Stone on Air will be right back. He's cool. Stoneonair.com. So here in East Ridge, I'm lucky to live in an area where there's mostly homeowners, but my next door neighbors were foreclosed on, unfortunately, a couple of years ago. And I have watched the uh, the people who bought it put all kinds of money into it and make it beautiful and really make my house look like a dump. But the point of the story is, is it just sold for $300,000. Dollars. The market is what it is. Interest rates are what they are, yet they're changing constantly. A lot of this stuff isn't that difficult. Some of it is and can be quite overwhelming. Lee Brock can navigate you through any of this, buying or selling now or later into the future. This is what him and his family have done for decades. 653-2491 is his direct line. Lee at lindabrockhomes.com. Stone on air. Flippers for the new Chattanooga Lookout Stadium have come to a final price tag on this project. Where I'm standing right now, the Wheeland site, in just over a year, 
it will look like this a brand new $120 million baseball stadium. But this is $40 million higher than the initial price predicted back in June of 2022 when this plan came to be. Uh, just the stupidest song ever. Fogarty Center Field. That is from News Channel 9. AC Barker, I believe, is her name with that report. I hope I got that right. Um, I played this for a reason that has nothing to do with what we're doing. First of all, it's about baseball, so it fits in with the lookouts. But I, I hate this song so much I would not use it because just because of that I did because of this so first of all let me turn this down and there we go and so I've got three cuts I'm gonna play for you the rest is from that report from News Channel 9 that explains this with some people talking about it that isn't me but first I started this show that's been um, recommended to me by many uh, called Louder Milk and it's kind of old now I think it started in 2017 and I think it's already over it's on Netflix now, so I started it literally last night. Literally last night, and I'll I'll watch probably three or four, five episodes tonight, likely because they're only like thirty minute episodes. It's not great. It's okay. It kind of reaches. It's 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 very smart, intelligent writing, but not great execution on the comedy part. And the main character is Ron Livingston. He's the main character of Office Space. And that is one of my favorites of all time, and he's fabulous in that. And he is a um, an aging hipster, kind of like myself. He is a recovering alcoholic, very much like myself. And he is also a former music rock and roll uh, writer critic from the '90s for like Rolling Stone, Spin, that kind of Spin magazine, that kind of stuff, which I never did, but I can certainly identify with so there's a lot of relatable aspects and now he runs a, a very untraditional style AA meeting and that's kind of what the show is based around again it's not great it's barely good and because I like him and I and it's identifiable I like it but I, I wouldn't necessarily say stop what you're doing and make sure you watch it but this is <laughs> this is a cut from it um, I'll explain it more after I play it from the show Louder Milk. I'm worse than Hitler. I'm worse than Saul Zance. I'm worse than Paul Pot. Hey, isn't it weird that a guy with pot in his name turns out to be so totally bogus? You've been sitting on that for a while, haven't you? An incredibly long time. Thank you for teeing it up. Sure. Who the hell is Saul Zance? You don't know Saul Zance? Asshole record producer tried to charge credence to play their own music. We had to listen to Put Me In Coach for 20 years because of that motherfucker. I love Centerfield. Well, you're an idiot. <laughs> he goes, I love Centerfield. Now, what happened to, to set it up? They, him and his buddy walk into a record store and they're talking to the clerk, the, the guy, and it's a, your typical pretentious kind of setup. And dude says, I love Centerfield, the song. And he says, Well, you're an idiot. Well, who is Saul Zance? First of all, it's Hitler. We all know who Hitler is. The other one is Paul Pot, was a dictator from Cambodia. I didn't quite understand the bogus nature of the joke there. But Saul Zance is um, one of the higher-ups at Fantasy Records who signed Fogarty and Creedence Clearwater Revival and really had all their eggs in the CCR basket. That's where all their money came from. They eventually went under. And uh, later, he uh, Saul Zance sued John Fogarty for plagiarizing himself effectively. 
John Fogarty wrote all the CCR music. I don't think there's any exceptions other than like Midnight Special and a lot of the covers that they did. Every lyric, every note, every riff, everything was written by John Fogarty. And so when Old Man Down the Road was released in the 80s, Fantasy Records and Saul Zantz sued him for sounding like Run Through the Jungle. Now, I'm not going to do it right now because I don't have it set up to do, but Old Man Down the Road is basically an exact clone of Run Through the Jungle with just different lyrics. So they weren't necessarily wrong. It just, you know, it doesn't feel right to sue a guy for basically plagiarizing himself. John Fogarty ended up winning that lawsuit in the 90s and Saul Zantz has since died but uh, you'll be hearing more clips from the show Loudermilk I can assure you of that let's move on to the next clip here this is a uh, Jim Irwin he is one of the main project managers of this development and he actually thinks the city of Chattanooga the taxpayers everybody involved is actually getting a great deal here uh, you know, as we watch prices escalate, um, we feel like we're we're actually getting a great deal. Jim Irwin, master developer of Chattanooga's South Side, sees this price hike as a good thing. He says they are getting their money's worth for, for the for the quality of the stadium that we've designed, which I think will be certainly one of, if not the best, in the minor leagues. The city of Chattanooga agrees. We really feel like this this partnership, this public-private partnership, is a chance for the developers to really be incentivized to develop the site to its highest and best use. That is Jermaine Freeman. He is the uh, spokesperson for the for the mayor, the city mayor, Tim Kelly. Uh, yeah, I don't think most people are going to agree that uh, we're all getting a good deal and this is all working out well and that this is a good thing. And I can tell you one person for sure who doesn't be- agree with that, and that's County Mayor Weston Womp. But Hamilton County Mayor Weston Womp has different thoughts. He expressed concerns about the price hike, saying, quote, In order to move forward as partners in the weeks ahead, the developers and team owners need to be honest with taxpayers. The deal has certainly changed. The stadium is dramatically more expensive, and infrastructure costs on the Wheeland site are largely unknown. Now, y'all know I hate to do it. I hate to do it to agree with Weston Womp, to give Weston Womp credit for anything is not something I get out of the bed every day, any day, ever hoping and looking to do. But he has been right about this from the jump. And um, this thing's got a long way to go, and I'll get to more of that here in a minute. Final one here from that News Channel 9 piece. What's the reason for this price increase? Of course, we all can pretty much take our guesses and we would be right. When I asked Irwin what was behind the price increase, he said inflation was to blame. But he also said he was not ready for this high of a price jump. And that's probably the, the highest amount of inflation that I've ever seen in, in our lifetime thus far. We've seen the budget grow from 80 to 120 million. I, I'm frankly surprised that it's this low. Which leaves the next question. Where will the city get this extra 40 million and how will it affect the community? The team and the landowners have stepped up to provide $40 million of additional private financing to cover the complete gap. Yeah, more on that in a minute. But so I uh, I thought this was a great deal. A minute ago, you said this was a great deal. It didn't sound like you thought it was that great of a deal on that go around. And um, actually surprised that it's as low 
as it is. So that's all I got for you from the audio clips. County says cost of stadium project has reached $139 million. I told you I thought it'd be 120 based on everything I saw in the last couple of months, and uh, it's more like 140 uh, the stadium was presented in August of 22 with a projected cash outlay for the bond issue with interest would be in the 140 range. Well, now that has risen to after interest is paid in the 30 years, 262 and a half million dollars. Staggering amounts of money for a minor league stadium, especially when you think about the privately funded nature of AT&T Field, once upon a time, Bell South Park, that Frank Burke paid for out of his own pocket. Now, he got the land basically for free with a deal with the city, but he built that place for $10 million 24 years ago. The new $40 million to cover, which it still doesn't get to that 140 number, it gets it more to the 120 number, is uh, being provided by private developers and uh, the landowners and people involved with uh, the Lookouts Ownership Group, but they need an additional $500 million in development for a total of $1 billion in development for all of this to work out. This is so convoluted, it makes my head spin. Um, I, so I'm not going to be able to explain it to you any better than you can do your own research can we get to those numbers? Can we get to that kind of development? If we don't have a major downturn in the economy, we probably can. I would say that it's quite, I don't know if likely is the right word, but very, very possible. But what happens when we have a major downturn in the economy and building halts and money lending halts? Because that's going to happen. It, it's been a long time since it last did. And all you got to do is take a look at the history of American economics, and it shows you that that's going to happen sooner rather than later. Uh, they said the $40 million loan would cost $100 million in current interest rates, the additional 40 Man, that's the industry to be in, I guess, right? In the banking and in interest industry, turn 40 into 100 just like that. This is an uh, editorial to the Times Free Press. Uh, it's about two pages long. I'll just read a little bit of it here. It says, Limit Stadium Taxpayer Exposure. It will be a hard sell to convince taxpayers that a new Chattanooga Lookout Stadium that is now at least 60% more expensive than it was a year and a half ago is a bargain. But does that mean it shouldn't go forward? That's what the city and county government, sports authority, and team ownership officials will have to decide in the next month or so if the team is to play in the stadium in 2025. Side note, let me jump in here. They ain't playing baseball on the south side in 2025. I promise you that. Mark my words. Back to this. Much less to start the season there, that has been the plan. We believe all parties involved want to see the possibility of the ugly foundry land now serving as a welcome mat for visitors who come into the city on I-24 turn into something useful and inviting. So we don't see the deal collapsing, but we hope negotiations over the next month make it look a little better than what has apparently been on the table for nearly a month and a half, but not re revealed to taxpayers before Hamilton County Mayor Weston Womp did so with the Ch Chattanooga Times Free Press 
last week. Now, I don't know who this is, and I don't know who we is, but clearly this is somebody who's somewhat involved. And, hey, look at that. Weston Womp kind of throws it out there, throws it out to the press for it to be devoured so he can, once again, be on the front page of the paper. He learned well from his father. Uh, this goes on. I just highlighted a few things. There's a $40 million that's coming from Perimeter. Uh, Perimeter Properties, that's the ownership now of the land. Uh, Hardball Capital, that's the owner of the lookouts. Uh, The road infrastructure is an additional $10 million, according to WAMP. Uh, Initially, they needed $350 million in development for new uh, in the new tax district. Now they need $500. Some say it's getting closer to a billion. And that went on and on and on and on from there. I've been stacking these up for a little while, so I'm just going to kind of run through them. Lookouts Future Stadium Development to be weighed. It is from Mike Parry from just yesterday. Chattanooga Mayor Tim Kelly told officials and about 75 others at the the latest meeting, which would have been last week, that the Lookouts will leave the city if the deal isn't done. And that's a big deal to a lot of people. I know some people think, who the hell cares? We can just get another team or the Savannah Bananas can come to town or some idiotic Globetrotters style version of of a, a professional baseball, which that's a, a joke of a product. The Savannah Bananas. Anybody who uses that as an, as an example of something that could potentially take the place of what we have, a heritage, legacy-built franchise, one of the most storied minor league franchises in the entire country. That is not me being hyperbolic. I am not exaggerating. The Chattanooga Lookouts have one of the richest histories in all of minor league baseball. And to many of us that have made Chattanooga our, our forever home in this community, a place we cherish, that name, that lineage, that legacy, that heritage means something. It really, truly does. And it might mean having to pay more to keep them here. A lot of us don't have a problem with that. But clearly, plenty do. Uh, Irwin, who you heard from earlier, termed the foundry property uh, one of the front doors of the city that has sat sat fallow for decades. He pledged that the stadium project supporters won't be back to seek more funding in the future. Quote, we will not come back for more money, Irwin said, quote unquote, period. Kelly called the stadium project critically important. Quote from the mayor, this is not something we just whipped up on the back of a napkin, he said. There's a tremendous amount of work and thought that has gone into this. And, sorry, but to be frank and totally honest about it, there was a lot of frantically move quick because Weston's about to be uh, ushered into office and he is going to block this. We have to push it through now as Hamilton County former mayor Jim Coppinger was on his way out the door. Uh, let's see. I'll get you another one from C. Mark Warren here who loves clowning on uh, Weston Womp, and that always makes me laugh. I'll finish with that first here. This is from the meetings that I believe are going down today on the 17th, if not today, by the end of this week. My, I wouldn't be surprised if these meetings have been pushed off to further into the week and maybe even into next week because of the weather. Uh, I, this one's pretty loaded. I won't read all of it. I'll just give you the, head, the, 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 the quick bullet points. How will proponents of the deal describe the new loan? Uh, two, will there be support among county commissioners and council members? Now, since 
2022, there's been a shift, a change in the county commission, meaning we've added two seats and one the only vote against it, surprise, surprise, asshole Tim Boyd, my former next door neighbor. I know, I know Tim. Of course, he voted against it. He just did that just because he probably thought it was funny. Um, he's gone, but there's so since three new members on the commission, one to replace Tim and two new commissioners for a total of eleven. It was uh, across the board from the city council. They seem to all be in the back pocket of Mayor Kelly. Guess you could say that's good in some situations, maybe not so good in others. Uh, three, what new information will we hear? And that's just uh, that's the question. It goes on to talk about it, but will what do we not know yet that we're about to find out? Because every time we find out something new, nobody seems to be happy about it. Who will be there? The commission will be there. The city councils will be there. Jim Irwin, who you heard from earlier, will be there. Everybody from uh, the lookouts, perimeter properties, hardball capital, the mayors. I mean, all the all the usual suspects will be in attendance for this. And what is the exact price? Well, I've already thrown out most all those speculative numbers, and really they're not all that speculative at this point. They're getting close to what the actual numbers are going to be, closer to $140 million. The reason I came up with the 120 number is not because I'm super smart or follow this that close, even though I do follow it pretty darn close. The Knoxville Stadium, that's just a couple of years ago, went from $65 million to $120 million uh, during their funding process. And that was before the explosion of the inflation crisis. They did, however, get $13 million from the state. Not sure how they pulled that to, uh, together between the county and the city, uh, but they did. Chattanooga was denied. Hamilton County and Chattanooga was denied any additional funding from the state. I don't know what makes Knoxville so much damn better than Chattanooga that they get money fe- uh, from statewide, but we don't. But that's that's the reality of the situation. We're not getting any help from um, sign every Bill Lee, the governor of the state of Tennessee. And the final one here, I'll read to you the op-ed from C. Mark Warren, local attorney here. Not sure if I know Mark or not. I've, I feel like I've met him, but I, maybe I have, maybe I haven't. Maybe I just feel like I, I have because I, I read his uh, op-eds so often. Weston Womp, will he choose progress or pettiness? The cards are on the table. The new Lookout Stadium could become a reality. In a historic public-private partnership, Chattanooga will replace an eyesore with a tax-revenue-generating reality. One man stands in its way. Our county mayor, Weston Womp. To be sure, Mayor Womp has been against the new stadium since 2018 when he was not chosen by Hardball Capital to be, quote-unquote, the face of the lookouts. Since that time, he has done everything he can to prevent any new stadium from being built in any part of our scenic city. Like a jilted lover sitting as a judge in a case involving the one that dumped him, Mayor Womp should recuse himself from the decision-making process involving the new stadium. Based on his short history as our county mayor, he has shown his pettiness over and over, from attempting to oust our county attorney to pickpocketing money earmarked for the Urban League. What makes us think he will not choose progress 
over his childish pettiness. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And he's on a mission. Weston Womp is on a mission. If he can get this stopped, he will. I don't think he quite has the power to do it. And I don't think he actually truly wants to do it. I really don't. I think he's smart enough to know this far in, this needs to go forward. But he will use it in any way he can to further boast himself in any way that he can. He's a very smart guy, very sharp dude. Just because I don't like him doesn't mean he's a dummy. He ain't no dummy. He's, he's, he's a smart guy. Maybe a little too smart for his own good in some situations. And just for a quick reset of all that stuff from 2018, it goes back to more like 2014 when um, Zach Womp still had a lot of power politically. His father, he was tr- they were trying to manipulate uh, Weston a job, a uh, kind of a, a storefront position, a face of the franchise with the intention of, on building a new stadium and basically creating a job for Weston who had zero, absolutely none experience in baseball management, small business management, really overall sports franchising organizations, anything like that. He had zero experience. And when that went sour and all those emails are publicly released if you want to find them you can go find them or you can just go dig back through and listen to this podcast where i read every one of them it was one of my favorite shows i've ever done it was hysterical to laugh at asshole weston womp and the silver spooned just little punk ass that he can be and the nepotism and everything about it was just really almost disgusting really and ever since then He has done everything he can to make life harder on the Chattanooga Lookouts, owners, and the franchise and the organization. And I am not cool with that because the Lookouts are one of my favorite things in this city. So, we'll see. Do I think it happens? Do I think somehow the money gets made right by carrying the ones in the right places and moving it around creatively? Yes, I do, but we're a long ways away. Well, I don't. Relatively speaking, we're actually not that far away because this has taken so damn long, and this has been bungled. And Weston was right; he was correct. But I think it happens. I think we get through it. I think we get this off the ground. But they're not playing baseball there in April of twenty-five. I assure you of that. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, and I'll be there, opening day. All right, so what am I going to do into the new year that complements this podcast, and how will it affect this podcast going forward? I'll lay it all out there for you and wrap up the show next. Stoneonair.com I view purchasing real estate as an appreciable asset, and I like to look at it that way, but... I think if you're buying your home, you shouldn't necessarily feel that way. You should just be buying where you feel comfortable and hope you get your money back. 
which may, you know, not be what everyone wants to hear, but I believe in it and I believe that it's going to continue to appreciate. The words from Lee Brock back on the Stone On Air podcast in December, whether you're looking for your forever home or you're like the buyers of my neighbor's property a couple of years ago, a purchase with the specific intentions on fixing it up, flipping it and selling it for a profit. Either one of those, Lee Brock can help you with that transaction. His direct line is 653-2491 or shoot an email, lee at lindabrockhomes.com. Now back to more Stone On Air. That's exactly what I wanted to hear. Stoneonair.com. In my adult life, decade and a half, I have studied the spoken word format. When it comes to subject matter, content, content management, preparation, topic relevance, resets, teases, payoffs, direction, production. That's what I know how to do. I've sampled it all over the country. I've worked in it for over a decade and a half, or close to a decade and a half. I've studied the art. I know how to do it. But here's what I've been doing for my entire adult life. I've been playing by their rules. I've been playing in a game dominated by a conglomeration of a mess for my entire adult life. What has that got me here standing around on September 7, 2016? Well, other than a lot of training and experience, not much else. So going forward, you need to understand that if you're involved with me on anything, from sponsorships to advertising, partnerships, whatever, you need to understand that when it comes to content, subject matter, and production, I am the boss. I make the rules. I'm in charge, and I'm calling all the shots. So, I know that almost sounds threatening. That was September of 2016. So, that was over seven years ago. And I was still very, very salty. Very salty um, about the situation I was in at that time. And I'm in a much better place now than I've ever been as an adult. And uh, But I, I couldn't find... My another one of my regular rants, the best show ever guy rants that if you've been around, you've heard more than a few times, probably to the point where you're likely be okay, bro. That's enough. I don't need to hear any more of your best show ever guy stuff. So I'll get to more of that in a minute. But one thing I meant to say on the very front end is I accidentally did it. Accidentally did it. I have fixed the studio at the house. It all works fine borderline flawlessly and beautifully as I've had so much time this week to play all the catch up that I wasn't able to do in the first week of the year and the last week of the year. And it is working. Oh my God. It makes this so much easier. I'm so, so happy. And so um, that's why that sounded a little sharp because I was going through all my, uh, when I say sharp, I mean, assholeish. <laughs> I was going through all my old stuff, trying to find that, best guy or best show ever stuff guy and I couldn't and I I ran into that from 2016 which is still pretty relevant to what I'm going to tell you about right now. So effectively what I'm doing is is I'm starting a second podcast. Now I know this might sound familiar to regulars like hey didn't you already try that once? Yeah, I did. I did try that once in 2020. I tried it in March of 2020. Going back to where this show began with interviewing bands in a performance-based local music style way. And if you remember, 
which how could you forget, March of 2020, I did one show that was a quarantine show of Strung Like a Horse, had them on. It was one of the better shows I've ever done. And then there wasn't another show for six months. And the idea of the podcast died as quickly as it came together. Well, at the end of the day, I didn't really want to do that anyway. So what I have done now is I'm going to do a secondary complimentary piece called The Best Show Ever. And what that means is the name is I've regularly had this thing. I get so irritated with people who say this kind of goes back to the bread and milk fallacy thing, a thing I've done over and over. Uh, that, that was the best show. Oh, my God, that was the best show I've ever seen. You know, you hear that all the time. Oh, my God, that was the best movie I've ever seen. Oh, my God, that was the best thing I've ever done. Oh, my God, that was the best thing I've ever tasted. Right. And like it's never is. Like it's it's it just it's one of those things that I always just am like, really, that was the best ever. Come on. So it's kind of a play on that. No, it's not the best show ever. It's not even close to the best show ever. But that that's what it's going to be called. And it's going to run through the same feed. So I'm sorry to potentially clutter your feed if you have automatic downloads. Please don't turn those off. I uh, I think you'll enjoy this secondary um, complimentary piece, the best show ever. It won't be every week. It won't be on any regular schedule. It'll be whenever there is one there. And I've already talked to several who are more than excited to do it. I have new equipment that has been purchased with the help of financial support from my first ever presenting sponsor, Lee Brock. Lee at lindabrockhomes.com. That's how you can get a hold of him. And it's going to be the Linda Brock, Lee Brock, something Brock, Brock and Bros uh, mobile studio. Hadn't got that far yet of what I'm going to call it. And I'm going to go around town and I'm going to start interviewing people who matter, who have things to say. I've got verbal commitments from Alex McVeigh running for circuit court judge here in Hamilton County. That's coming sooner than later. Uh, John John, who I've uh, used on this show a lot, the urban city planner enthusiast, he is verbally committed. Mike Alfano from the Comedy Catch on Station Street, he's verbally committed. There's so many others that I don't even have to ask that would would absolutely be uh, very much, it maybe excited isn't the right word, but certainly um, more than willing to do it. Uh, Adam Stone, a local musician who I think is one of the one of the best guitar players, up-and-coming guitar players that this city has seen this century, at least. We've um, we've chatted specifically about having him on, maybe even doing it at his personal studio that he has built at his home. So there's a lot of places to go with this, a lot of different subjects that can be covered, and it's uh, just a way to broaden the audience as much as possible and and to make it more profitable again. The year 2024, it's time to make some money. I've got a good job. I've got a great day job. I love it. I'll never leave there. I will retire from there if they allow me. But I need more. I've always had a second gig. Always had a second gig. And I always can use some extra cash. And I certainly have been in that boat now. I'm now four years, let's see, in, in March, March 1st, will be four years since I had a second gig at Alt 98.7. 
I loved working at that radio station. I have talked to them again about coming back to work there. I did a podcast on it last year. You probably heard it or maybe you didn't. But that's not going to happen. And even if they were to offer me now, I don't think I would accept it because that's can make more money working for almost anybody than there. So uh, this is all coming together nicely. And it, it the name is just the name, right? I mean, I had to call it something. It had to have something to differentiate itself from the just weekly Stone On Air podcast. And I thought best show ever was the best name to go with. So if you see that pop up in the in your feed of your podcast, that will be what that is. And the weekly Wednesday midweek download destination for thousands in the city of Chattanooga and surrounding areas, it'll still be here every week talking about whatever's in the headlines at that time. This show will not change. It will the the variations based on how many different kinds of sponsors I can get going forward years on end. I plan on doing this the rest of my life. So, I mean, I'm not going to just, this isn't just some flash in the pan. I think going on my eighth year is pretty much proving that. And it's starting to, the longevity is starting to give it some credibility that maybe it lacked initially. And because podcasting is so damn mainstream now, now, the ocean is is huge. It's the Pacific Ocean, and I'm just plankton in this massive body of, uh, of content waters, but more people take it seriously, and they should, because there's a lot of great stuff out there. There's a lot of dreck out there, too. There's a lot of really bad stuff out there, and I'd like to think here locally, this is one of the better productions you're going to run into. Is it ever going to be the best show ever? Probably not, but that's the name of the show. And um, who will be the first one? Actually, might be Scott Moore from the uh, Fish Shows podcast that I was trying to get off the ground with him. Um, I, I I ran a pilot episode last year, this one time on Fish Tour. I don't think that's ever going to come to what we wanted it to be, but we did a show the other day talking about um, our mutual friend Dave Webb Tone Harm, known locally to the music community here in town, who passed away at the end of December. Another one of those just on that long list of people I knew, loved, and cared about and cherished in this city that we lost in the last year. And uh, his memorial is is uh, at the end of this month, January 28th, I believe. And we recorded at the Common House the other day, and I will probably release that since I have a whole nother day, <laughs> all day today, too, to be out of work and playing catch-up, I will likely release that as the first best show ever. Now, that will not really be a representation of how the show will normally sound because that's not what it was recorded for, but I think that's what I'm going to do because it is about our friend Dave, and I want to get the word out about his memorial as much as possible. So there you go. That's what it's going to be. Things are finally coming together. The house is warm. It's cold outside. I'm not I'm not leaving this house from Sunday until Thursday morning. I will have not left this house and I have all the coffee and all the milk and all the bread and all the bitters and all the soda 
and all the cat litter and all the cat food and all the frozen pizza and all the everything I need because I was one of the smart ones, likely like you are, who prepared for the bad weather, who stayed the hell out of everybody's way and stayed safe at a time when temperatures are deadly and precipitation is dangerous and deadly out there. So thank you, anybody out there who did your part, and thank me, thank you to me for doing my part. So it is finally actually starting to feel like a a legitimate happy new year, you know, to myself. I'm finally feeling like, all right, let's do it. I mean, I don't know who the next president's going to be. A little, eh, borderline concerned about that. Uh, But it doesn't consume me. I don't know what's going to happen politically in this country. And at this point, I don't really care because it's not really going to affect me. I really don't care who the president is, right? I really don't. I mean, I kind of do, but I don't. And so I'm happy to be here. Happy to have you along. And thanks, Lee Brock. Lee at lindabrockhomes.com. 653-2491. Get a hold of Lee for all your real estate needs as a presenting sponsor of the Stone on Air podcast and specifically the mobile studio that might be coming to an office near you. Are you potentially a guest on the best show ever? You could be. You might be. Reach out. We'll talk. Love you. Mean it. Talk to you next Wednesday, the 24th. Later. Bye.